here in London. And even with all that, they didn't do that. Oh, by the way, having screwed up that square, having taken an architectural dump on it, uh, the United States has decided that uh, although the building is big and ugly, and it's plenty ugly enough, it's not big enough anymore. And so the United States Embassy will be decamping soon to another location, leaving the square permanent, permanently uh, scarred. Hearts and minds, ladies and gentlemen. I am also advised by my uh, engineer, Adrian, that um, apropos of the fact that the digital, big digital TV changeover has finally come to London. And um, it seems to be going on without a hitch. Without a hitch. But he informed me that at least here, digital signals have this peculiarity. They will break up and, and pixelate if they're too weak, of course, as they do anywhere on God's green earth. But at least here, they will also pixelate and break up if the signal strength is too, is too great, if the st- signal is too strong. So all I can say is, ladies and gentlemen, this program is digital front to back. I hope our strength is just right. Hello, welcome to the show. From beautiful Leicester Square in London, England, I'm Harry Shearer welcoming you to this edition of the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news of the warm, won't you? Yes, we can. (laughs) Yes, we can. Ladies and gentlemen, from Science Daily, fossil fuel-derived carbon dioxide has a serious impact on the oceans. When CO2 dissolves in seawater, it forms carbonic acid, hey, acid, and results in a drop in pH. The oceans acidify. Calcifying organisms such as corals, clams, and snails, But also micron-sized phytoplankton are affected by ocean acidification. But now scientists at the Helmsholtz Center for Ocean Research have for the first time demonstrated the potential of a unicellular algae, Emiliania huxtii, to adapt to changing pH conditions and thereby at least partly to mitigate negative effects of ocean acidification. Experimental strains of the Algae, algae were isolated in Norwegian coastal waters. They were not shot by Anders Breivik, too small, I guess, for him, and cultured in the laboratory under projected future ocean carbon dioxide conditions after about one year, 500 generations in this rapidly reproducing species. Ain't they got fun? The biologists detected adaptation to high CO2. They grew and calcified significantly better than non-adapted control populations when tested under these acidification conditions so might be bad for the corals might be bad for the clams but the algae will uh, adapt sea levels in the southwest pacific started rising drastically in the 1880s with a notable peak in the 1990s thought to be linked to human-induced climate change according to a new study this is from agence france press (laughs) 
The research, which examined sediment core samples taken from salt marshes in southern Australia's Tasmania Island, used geochemistry to establish a chronology of sea level changes over the past 200 years. Patrick Moss from the University of Queensland said major environmental events which impacted the ocean, such as the introduction of unleaded gas and nuclear tests, showed up in the samples and were used for dating. Man, I could have used those for dating. The chronology revealed a major jump in sea levels around 1880 after 6,000 years of relative stability with further peaks in the 1910s and 1990s, the latter of which appeared to be linked to human activity. Over the past 200 years or so, sea levels have increased by about 8 inches, Moss told Argentines. The first peak coincided with an end to what was known as the Little Ice Age, a 500-year period of slightly cooler conditions that ended around 1850. Sea levels in the southwest Pacific rose.